Hello and welcome Hello. to the new edition. Um, you were trying to be extra fast so that I couldn't pop in with a unwelcomed hello. Yeah, that was exactly what I was doing. And I also waited until you turned away specifically because I thought that that would... Uh, you didn't think my reflexes were cat-like? Mm. It is kind of my name. It is kind of. Anyway, um, <laughs> with that said, uh, this is Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. Uh, I'm Catherine Rubino. She is. And we're from Above the Law, and we're here to talk about... You know, the week's stuff. news and stuff. We're coming out of a holiday weekend. I hope that was good for all of you out there. Surprisingly cold in my experience. Yeah, yeah, New York got a little cold. Yeah, which is not great for the unofficial start of summer, I suppose. But It, it seems very unsummer-like. I mean, it was in the 90s earlier in the week, and then... Right, and then the holiday weekend, at least where I was, was like 60 degrees from the majority of it. Delightful. Yeah, so that's uh, you know, so that's the weekend uh, that we have just weathered. Uh, now we go into another week of news. Why are you looking at me like that? Like what? I don't know. It just seems scary. I mean, you're the one that has the judgy eyes. I, I tried to give direction non-verbally. No, yes, which is terrible. why I thought that's it's, what you first were of all, doing. It's terrible. Don't do it anymore. It's it's. <laughs> not encouraging and it only makes me stop where i am even though that's not actually the thing you're trying to give me direction about give verbal verbal cues are better than non-verbals especially in this scenario but yeah. i wasn't giving you any particular eye all right well now i am now that now you've got a judgy eye coming your way mm. Mm. Well, so uh, let's... How was your weekend? Oh, good. You know, um, not too uh, eventful. Barbecue? I, I did use grills. I made uh, some pizzas in a pizza oven. I got, uh, yeah, no, I um, so you, kick, you have kicked like it a... off, as always, with the Legal Tech Journalist Roundtable, the weekly show where I am on a panel of Legal oh Tech Journalists. Oh my gosh, discussing. you actually remembered the name of your show. Look, it's... Oh. Well, again, the show, so the, the name that we all use internally is not the name that you would use if you were trying to sign up for it on a podcasting service. So I'm always kind of a little confused about how so to phrase may it. Maybe you should call it what it's named. This is above my pay grade. <laughs> but you have a pizza oven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you uh, you make many pizzas? I try. I try. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, getting, What's your favorite? I'm getting into it. What's your favorite it. variety? I like pepperoni. It's kind of dull, but you know. Although I'll tell you, if I can get like a capicola on there, like a, in place of a the pepperoni, spicy capicola, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gabagool. Let's be fair. Oh, see, yeah, you talk like that. Well, I am from New York, and I am Italian, so mm. that is that is how many of us speak. Sorry, I refuse to apologize. Actually, I should not apologize for it. That is what refuse means. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I say regut instead of ricotta. Mm. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Although yeah. sometimes I do say ricotta because I've been shamed into it throughout years of living in this world, but it's kind of annoying. Go but I'll tell you what, regut on a pizza is a delight. Mm. Yeah, well, this has been uh, thinking like a lawyer. <laughs> uh, you can see Listen, the- yeah. I, everybody likes pizza. I guess, This yeah. is great content. Everyone likes a good pizza. A nice yeah, crispy fair. crust, some some ricotta on top. Coda, yeah. What did I say? You said cotta. Ricotta? I'd say ricotta. Ricotta. Yeah. 
I say regut, so yeah. anything. So I guess anything's better. Anything isn't, well, whatever. Anyway. But yeah, some, but see, I'm not a big, I know pepperoni is like the most popular pizza topping, but I'm, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to like kick it out of bed or anything like that, but like, that's I mean, not. Yeah, it's not pineapple. Well, which obvious, is just, obviously. yeah. Obviously, that's not a war crime. That's not, it's not acceptable. But, you know, it's fine, but I, I'm never going to order it of my own volition. It will. I will easily compromise into a pepperoni pizza, but it's never going to be my go-to order. I'd much prefer, if I'm just doing a plain meat. I'm gonna go with a meatball as my number one, and um, Italian sausage is number two, mm. and bacon. Mm, that's a tasty little treat. As and now I'm hungry. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. As all the listeners, I think, understand, we're um, a little short on content for today. <laughs> Um, That's not even true. Well, we had one of the busiest weeks last Thursday. Yeah, that's one fair. Of the busiest days. That's fair. Well, so let's uh, kick this off by hearing from our friends from Lexicon, and then we will uh, get into it. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. Okay, so what happened on Thursday? Like everything. So for folks who maybe aren't paying as close attention to the workings of Above the Law, uh, we generally aim for about 20 stories on a daily basis. And I think we had like 25 or something like that. And we had to like push a bunch of things to the following day. It's yeah. just everything kept on happening. One of the bigger stories, uh, well, part of it is that we have a ton of stories about big law firms announcing their reopening plans. Uh, you know, going back to the office, some folks are starting this week, at least having it available, if not required, through September, sort of being like their first day, it's kind of after Labor Day is when a lot of folks are aiming. But, you know, Wilson Sincini says no one will be required to go to the office in, in this calendar year at all. Wow. I mean, they'll be opened, local guidance, you know, pending, yeah. but... But, you know, it is a, a mixed bag, and, and the reactions that we're getting from folks are very mixed. Even at the same firm, you know, we'll get one tipster who says, can you believe the awful thing that they're going to make us do? And then two minutes later, we'll get some another insider being like, look how great this firm is being. And I think it's, I mean, part of it's also because I think big law firms are run like fiefdoms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the partner that X person works for may be, Oh, I can't technically require you to be here five days a week, but you should yeah. be here five days a week versus a very hands-off partner. Maybe even they work for somebody in a different office, so it never matters whether or not they're where they're physically located. And I think that firms really have to come to terms with the fact that individual experiences vary greatly and trying to come up with a uniform set of rules is going to always be fraught because of that. And uh, I think flexibility is the name of the game. Yeah. No. Um. It was very busy. Uh. I'm. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I don't. I really don't have much more to to say to that. I, look, it, firms it's going to be interesting. It's a big yeah. thing. Um. It's. A, I mean, the above the law offices are not officially opened yet. Although I am kind of excited to go back at some point. You know, I don't know, get back into the routine of going to an actual office and just kind of that little. 
that water cooler chatter. Oh, how are you doing? How was your weekend? You know, just those little things that, you know, kind of fell by the wayside when your primary form of interaction with your colleagues is over chat or, you know, Zoom meetings or, God forbid, Google Meets, which is... It is. You know, I I mean, obviously, I hate to uh, cast aspersions on any of the major tech companies who are monitoring everything I do at all times, (laughs) but, God, it really... It's not my favorite. Yeah, it's going to be a test. I think I've said this somewhere before, but it is going to be a testament to the failure of large institutions that Google and Microsoft in particular, which had Skype in its hand, managed to bungle the pandemic so badly. How did Zoom become the thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I know we had this conversation, I think, on this very show like two weeks ago, but it's still true. But it's still, it is, it is still, still accurate. It's not, not untrue. But yeah, I'm looking forward to being able to use my Metro card and my, my transit checks again, Uh, all this money that's kind of been piling up. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's. Yeah, it, we're gonna, and I, I really do think that we're going to see, uh, maybe not immediately. Uh, if some firms will do it immediately, some mm-hmm. firms over the long term, we're going to see a transition to that kind of hoteling kind of idea mm-hmm. that we talked about last time. That, you know, I think the first time that hoteling was mentioned in a firm reopening memo, there was kind of an internal chatter, like, "Ooh, what's going on?" This is the first time someone's mentioned that term, mm-hmm. and now it's increasingly common. Yeah, uh, and it was big. Uh, like, I, I feel yeah. like we really are rehashing like a week ago. But yeah, it, um, yeah, it really was yeah. a big thing. We have firms now that are turning what had been assigned office space to hoteling space. All right. So yeah, let's not. I, I, I feel, I feel like a deep obligation to our our listeners not to you know just completely rehash last time. You know, do you not? Cool. That face looks like you do not. It's it's not um, that I do or do not, but it isn't a continuing, evolving story. Yeah. Uh, and I think the fact that some firms are are saying you don't have to come to the office in 2021, mm-hmm. we're we're still you know we're in June, we're not even half you know we're just about halfway through the year, and they're saying we're taking a mulligan on the entirety of the yeah. year. I think that is news. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, but but you don't have fair. nothing interesting or newer to say about that. Well, I, not since we recorded. You know. I mean, but that that is a development, earlier. though, right? Yes. Uh, right, that is right. different. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Fair. But it's because you're only half paying attention to what I'm saying. So you're only responding to the most superficial level of what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, that is absolutely a- accurate, <laughs> yeah, though I, I did not think I anything that you were going to say. <laughs> uh, yes, no, I got a got an email in the middle of this mm-hmm. uh, requiring immediate attention. Actually, it was do this within 15 minutes. And I looked and it was 12 minutes ago. So I uh, I had only three minutes to uh, get in by the deadline. So wow. uh, that took me out of it a little bit, but thanks for calling that out for everybody. Well, because you called me out for having boring conversation. Don't mm. don't call me out. I don't if think you don't, it's boring. Like, I, I just, you, you know. You were like, I have an obligation not to repeat myself. And I'm like, I, cool, there was nuance here, mm. but you have glossed over it. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't laugh at me. This is real. Mm. Yeah, don't worry. Just, we'll cut all this out. Cut to an, <laughs> cut to an ad. I got more stuff to say. How have law firms weathered previous economic downturns and come out stronger on the other side? LexisNexis Interaction has released an in-depth global research report confronting the 2020 downturn, lessons learned during previous economic crises. Download your free copy at interaction.com slash like a lawyer to see tips, strategies, plans, and statistics from leaders who have been through this before and how they've reached success again. The other story that happened last week that mm-hmm. we were 
and a lot of chatter about is law school over enrollment. Oh, Yikes. yes. That is not where I thought you were going. Oh, but sorry. Yes, well, it's no. a pretty big one. Yes, no, that's true. So we've actually talked to some folks about this in the past, that if you're mm -hmm. planning to go to law school, there is some concern about whether you should do it this year or in a future year. I think we had this conversation on the ATL special COVID cast that mm -hmm, we did mm -hmm. for a while uh, early on in the pandemic. And the recommendation time was, you know, try to get in this year. Like, don't try to use you know, the down year as a reason to defer because, you know, it's just going to make it more difficult down the road. That was the question about people looking to enroll in 2020. Uh, and it turns out it probably was a good move to go forward with it then because we're now seeing what's happening with the next year's enrollment and what is happening with next year's enrollment. Well, they're over-enrolled. We've heard from at least two pretty, pretty big law schools, uh, BC um, Boston College Law School and uh, Penn uh, that are over-enrolled. BC is over-enrolled by more than 100 people. That's not like, that's that's pretty big. Yeah. That's pretty big. And the concern is not just, oh, where will we put these bodies? Right. <laughs> like where are the seats? Yeah. That is obviously a part of it, but that is, I think, a surmountable uh, obstacle. But the real concern that the law school put in the email to students, to incoming students is, this will impact your job prospects on the back end. Yeah. You know, are there going to be an extra 100 jobs in the Boston area, particularly, you know, a school that has a lot of folks that stay in the area? I don't know. And if it doesn't affect the BC kids' job prospects, it probably trickles down to some of the lower schools that are in that area, right? And so I think that there's a big problem, even though it's a couple of schools that we've identified so far, but there are definitely rumors that more schools are impacted and have done similar things. So stay tuned. I think it's definitely a developing story. But the Cary Law School, that's the Penn School, um, they're over-enrolled by over 50, I think. Yeah. So, you know, these are not this is not a small amount of folks. This will have bigger impacts, and especially if we see it at more and more schools, the job prospects for 2024 are going to be severely changed. And this also means that if you were waiting to apply to law school because, oh, this year is going to be crazy, I'll wait till next year. Well, if BC is able, why. Yeah. yeah, and if BC is able to get those hundred kids to defer to next year, which they're allowing folks to do with their full scholarships intact, but they will not offer additional scholarship money, nor will they do any forced deferrals, which is good news. But that means that next year is going to be even harder. Right. Well, and some of these people will then be on two years of deferral because the reason this class is so big mm -hmm. is the people who deferred the twenty 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 one year because they thought, oh, I'll just push this off. And now that's well, what well, you end up. Also with because they didn't want to necessarily start their legal education online. Right. right. Especially and folks who may think that they won't be in the best academic position in an online environment makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And we encourage people to not go that route because we thought it could lead to a glut on the next year. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Yeah, now, I mean, part of the other problem, though, is, is also that the number of folks who took the LSAT has increased. Right, which we also yeah. identified yeah. as what was going to, yeah. It was, and that said, these numbers aren't necessarily as awful because uh, some of these people who are enrolled are probably also in other schools and aren't going to take those slots. But it's still, like, once you start talking about in the numbers of 100 over-enrolled, you're dealing with a severe situation where mm -hmm. a, a good majority of those folks are planning to show up and you need to find some way out of that. Yeah. 
it'll be a very interesting development mm-hmm. in terms of legal education moving forward. The other um, legal education, let's just uh, keep going on this, not necessarily make it a separate story. Uh, the University of Miami, uh, kind of a surprise firing of uh, mm-hmm. their dean that kind of came out of nowhere. We actually haven't had much written about this on Above the Law simply because we don't have a ton of understanding of what happened. It seems so out of the And maybe blue. that is the story. I mean, yeah. I guess that is. But we've been trying to get more detail to figure out what's going on. But it, the trickle down of it has been incredible. Uh Dean leaves, like, vice dean, like, resigns in protest. Faculty mm-hmm. senate's, like, up in arms. Like, whatever happened is something that is pitting the administration powers that be against the law school in a very serious way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be something worth monitoring, uh, not just if you're somebody who cares about the Miami community, but um, I this is the sort of thing that can have repercussions throughout legal academia. Mm-hmm. A rumor I've heard, don't know, so, you know, it was something we would run with as a thing, but I, I've heard rumors that there was a, that higher-ups were concerned that there wasn't as much fundraising. I mean, obviously, that is part of a president's job, but sure. that's, or a, a dean's job, but on the other hand, uh, But half you know, of his tenure a, has been across a pandemic where there's right. also an economic downturn It happening. would be nice if deans were appreciated for being able to run academic institutions rather than just their ability to raise funds. But hey, call me naive. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Late stage capitalism is what it is. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it just seems like. I can see you struggling here for the lead into our next ad read. I'm not really struggling. I was Mm -hmm. just kind of reminding that part of the reason why deans deans like that may not be as good at fundraising is they went to law school to be lawyers, not accountants. Take advantage of NOTA, a no-cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnota.com slash legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. Speaking of legal education. Or sort of, yeah. Well, our good friend Kim Kardashian has been in the news this Very week. Very close, yeah. Yeah, we're Biffles right over here. But uh, no, um, listen, she's trying to be a lawyer. She's using the study in program, not attending a law school because, well, she doesn't have a bachelor's degree. So that's that part of it. That would get in the way. It's, it's, it is a requirement for law schools. But she failed the baby bar, the California baby bar. <sighs> Which, for those non-California listeners, is a bar exam you take after the first year of law school to kind of see how proficient you are. But she didn't fail by that much. Yeah, that's the development that came Mm -hmm. second. So originally, we learned from clips released of her reality show. Yeah, I mean, she, she put that out there. Yeah, from the reality show that she had failed this exam, which is... Which is a means, uh, it's a means to circumvent the traditional get a law degree, then take a bar exam Mm -hmm. uh, world that she had failed. And so that was out there. That said, California releases some of this stuff. And so we've now learned uh, a new thing that we learned was that. It's also in the clips. Yeah. That she she tells you her score in the, in the card. I know a lot about the Kardashians. I apologize. But yeah, yeah, she only failed by. 80 some odd points. I yeah, think. which, you know, is bar exam specialists say that that's actually sufficiently close as to not think that it's unheard of to pass on your next attempt. So, yeah. Uh, and listen, I mean, I can't believe I'm 
put yet again in the position of having to defend Kim Kardashian, but mm-hmm. here we are. You know, I do think she was very close to passing. She also took the test in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, not the most ideal studying circumstances for anyone. And I don't think that somebody failing the bar exam, whether it be the full bar exam or the baby bar during a pandemic, especially by such a slight margin, should be discouraged at all. Plenty of very smart people who go on to be very productive lawyers in society have failed these tests. This is not sort of a a black mark, right? And I think that there's a, I mean, listen, fundamentally, lawyers are pretty elitist as a group, right? (laughs) And and I think that, uh, you know, they, there's a looking down on Kim Kardashian because she wants to be a lawyer, you know, going around the traditional ways of becoming one. And the truth is, look down at her for any reason you want, but this is not some reason to feel superior. Plenty of people who went to good law schools will have similar scores to her. This is not whatever. And the truth is, she's gotten people out of prison, which is yeah. which is a greater good than plenty of lawyers out there. I mean, in terms of like societal impact, I will take her trying to be a lawyer and actually working to change the laws and to get people released from, you know, life sentences in prison versus some corporate raider who now is in some, you know, finance job. Yeah, I almost feel as though trying to officially become a lawyer is the, was, was almost a mistake Mm -hmm. Uh, in that it distracted and created this, as you said, kind of drive for an elitist symbol that actually doesn't have a ton to do with what the work she's trying to accomplish is all about. The advocacy that she does for people who are wrongfully imprisoned does not actually require a law degree. It requires, you know, having relationships with lawyers who then go do things, Mm -hmm. but... And funding. But the... (laughs) And funding. But the funding and the lobbying work that she does uh, does not really require a law degree. And it's almost as though her building that business, uh, business, quote unquote, um, that that advocacy, charitable yeah. advocacy almost is hurt by the way in which now people can hang up on whether or not she got 60, 70 extra points I on mean, an I exam. Think that, I think that people are going to dog on Kim Kardashian, whether it's because she failed the baby bar or because like, the neon colors and the new Skims collection are not great. But, you know, the other part of it is, you know, she does bring a lot of attention to these issues. I recently spoke um, on the Jabot podcast to my angel Cody, who's an attorney who's done a lot of this clemency work and is part of this uh, 90 Days of Freedom social media campaign. And, you know, she said that the, the attention that Kim Kardashian was able to bring to frankly, this woman's, you know, passion and career mm-hmm. has been in, in, invaluable. Yeah. You know, just having the amount of people focused on these issues of criminal justice reform and the sort of systemic injustice in this system has been truly a game changer in terms of, you know, changing the policy, changing the actual way in which cases can get funded, yeah. you know, and, and people are paying attention because of Kim Kardashian and, there are worse ways to spend your celebrity. Yeah. Like, so many worse ways. Like, this is a real good thing that she's doing. Like, I will I will deal with all the lip kits, or I guess that's her sister, but whatever. I will deal with all the makeup or beauty or whatever thing that she wants to put out there because she is paying attention to something that's important. Yeah. No, I, I think that's true. And uh, I've never critiqued her 
commitment to this issue. I, I do worry that the going to be a lawyer thing distracts from it. But hey, on the other hand, I mean, maybe she like, on actually, the other hand, she gets to be a lawyer and then, um, yeah. then, and then it maybe all goes away. And, and yeah, and maybe she then doesn't have to, she's one more lawyer that's doing the work, right? Yeah. It's hard work to do. It doesn't, it's not a particularly lucrative mm-hmm. way to use your law degree. So not everyone is in the financial position to take on the work, especially not full time. So someone who's a freaking billionaire can certainly spend whatever time she has if, if she becomes a lawyer on it. Right, because our we have a system where charitable work requires yeah. you to have the privilege of being yeah. super rich. I'm not uh, saying it's a good system. Super great. Yeah. Um, I, I'm listen. If you we can change the system, I'm all for that. But yeah. given the world we live in, this is this is potentially a very good thing, and it's certainly not a bad one. Yeah, agreed. Well, cool. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you should be subscribed to the show. Give it reviews, stars, as well as writing something to show a little bit of engagement. You should be reading Above the Law, as always. You should be following us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, the numeral one. Check out our other shows, The Jabot, which she talked about there right at the end, a podcast that Catherine hosts. Uh, I also am a panelist on the Legal Tech Journalist Roundtable. I guess it's Did legal. Did you get it right this time? No, no, it's Legal Tech Week is the name of the show. And then the journalist, Legal Tech Journalist Roundtable is the event that we do. Whatever. Point is, I got as close as I was, as as usual. I mean, listen, if anybody's still listening at this point. It's... That's true. If anyone's still listening, I mean, whatever. Um, the, um, yeah, le- well, the, <laughs> I, now you've thrown everything off. Uh, the legal. Uh, you also do the the, the other shows from the Legal House. Talk Network. I also do a Clubhouse uh, Legal Tech Trending News Clubhouse on Wednesdays with some folks. Um, and the yeah. other selections from the Legal Talk Network. Uh, I said that well, you before got, you cut, cut me off. Well, I know that I want to make sure you gave. You know, do you want to just do this? Like, go not ahead. even a little bit. I much prefer to criticize your. Attempts. I understand it's a lot easier to tear people down than to help. Oh, lift them up stop yeah stop you smug little <laughs> oh man um i think with all that said uh we thank lexicon and uh nota powered by mt bank and lexus nexus interaction and with that Peace. i think we're done yeah